On this episode of Physically Spiritual, I'm joined by Colleen Scariano, the co-founder of SoulCore, a movement combining Catholic prayer and exercise. Physically Spiritual comes from my experience being amazed at how much growing physically healthier changed my spiritual life. I'm captivated by discovering the truth about my body and how it relates to my relationship with God. In Physically Spiritual, I attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Well, today on the show, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Colleen Scariano, the co-founder of SoulCore, along with Deanne Miller, who can't join us today. SoulCore is a movement born from the desire to nourish body and soul through prayer and core strengthening, functional movements. SoulCore pairs traditional Catholic prayers, most commonly the rosary, with core strengthening, stretching, and functional movements. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here and, and talk with you and your listeners. Well, I like to start just with the general question because um, I, no one's in ministry to get rich. <laughs> we're not here uh, <laughs> just because we're, we're like interested. This isn't a hobby. Oftentimes, I know ministry grows out of our stories or our mission comes from our identity. Um, so I was just wondering if you would share a little bit about your story and how it connects with SoulCore. I would love to. And I, I think you're, you're so right. It's amazing how God places these experiences in our life and really weaves that tapestry together. And then he calls us <laughs> to something from that, from our own experiences, and especially our experience of his love and um, his healing and his His um, strength during especially trials in our life. So I would be happy to share with you um, a little bit about my backstory, which our course is the seeds for our ministry, Soul Corps. Um, I grew up in a lively Irish Catholic family. Um, my parents were both born and raised in Chicago, and I was um, number five um, children. And so we had a busy household family. Um, a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot of love, a lot of laughter, but also a lot of craziness too. In the time of uh, my oldest brother was fifteen at the time, down to, down to me. And so, um, but tragedy would strike our young family, and my oldest brother was. Um, struck by lightning and killed um, at a baseball game. And as you can imagine, that tore a gaping wound in the hearts of my parents and obviously everyone in our family. And um, his death really would be um, would be the, would change the trajectory of our family because it would lead to um, really how each of my parents dealt with his death and the pain that each of them were experiencing would lead them on different paths. My mom would really turn to her faith and really invite um, Christ in to help her through that suffering. And, and he is so faithful and he did that. And so, so much of, I think, my faith life has been influenced by how my mom's response, how she carried that cross of suffering, of, of losing my oldest brother. And um, my dad, would, who was also you know, in such pain, would, would turn to alcohol as a coping mechanism. And eventually that would lead to um, alcoholism for him. Um, and um, my second oldest brother, would, the same, who was also dealing with a lot of pain from Dan's death, would also become addicted to alcohol and drugs. And so those addictions would cause a lot of problems for our family. And of course, the death of, of my brother was, was a great suffering. But it was how my mom and really my dad also responded that would really leave such a, a deep mark and plant such deep seeds of faith in how to respond to suffering, how to carry our crosses. Um, and really my mom's witness of love, faith, and hope during those times um, for many years in our family um, impressed upon all of our children, all the children in my family, just how, how really that inviting Christ into our suffering 
is really the only way <laughs> that we can emerge from that um, with healing. Um, St. Teresa of Avila says that all things suffered in love can be healed. And I think things that are suffered in God um, can be healed. And I saw that with, you know, my, my family firsthand. So our faith was not only, you know, certainly there were the routines of attending Sunday mass and um, prayers, you know, at, at mealtime and other times, but was really, I saw it lived out so beautifully. And I think that left a deep impression on me. So later in life, when I would come to in, encounter, you know, obviously I'll, I'll encounter challenges all throughout my life, but but particularly a time of great suffering, um, I only knew really to follow my mom's example of, of how to, to deal with that. And so um, as an adult, um, I there was a period in my life where um, my mom died unexpectedly. And then just two months later, my dad and my brother um, died together in an accident. And so within two months lost, um, you know, my mom, dad, and brother. And so it was a time of deep pain for me, um, incredible suffering. And, um, really for me, what, what it did is it brought me to my knees in a way that nothing else had ever had in my life. And, um, I surrendered to the Lord more fully than I ever had. And so in that time of, of grief and grief takes a toll on our bodies physically and obviously emotionally, um, I was encouraged to really turn to the Blessed Mother as a mother, especially missing my mom after her death, um, and to get to know her more. So I started reading so much about the Blessed Mother, and I really just grew to love her so much. I always had a reverence for Our Lady, but not not necessarily a relationship. And through that, began to pray the Rosary more, and um, just grew so much in my faith. We know that Our Lady's role is to lead us closer to her son. And St. Louis de Montfort says that she is the shortest and sweetest way to, to Jesus. And I would say, really, when I turned to Our Lady, that was when my relationship with Christ became so much deeper because of her help in leading me to her son. And then the rosary became this instrument of healing in my life. Um, the rosary really is an instrument of healing, transformation, and peace. And I experienced that so much in that time of grief in my life. And um, I began as a, as a mom, I was very busy. And so I began to pray the rosary and run together more out of a, kind of a need of trying to fit two things into my day. And through that experience, I found those rosaries to be the most beautiful time of prayer because I, when I was running, I actually couldn't, I was breathing so heavy, I couldn't say the rosary out loud, but I, I began to mentally say it and I connected, my mind connected more to the prayers. I really thought about and reflected on the words. Um, and so that really, from my own experience of the transformation and the healing that I experienced through the rosary and physical movement, were where the seeds of soul core were planted. Um, and, um, and eventually, um, had, had been encouraged by a friend cause I have lower back issues to add core strengthening to my regimen. And so I looked for something out there, like, is there anything that combines the rosary and core strengthening? So I could get that same benefit, that two for one benefit I was getting with running in the rosary and there wasn't. And, um, just kind of from that, God gave me this great inspiration to combine core strengthening with the rosary. I had no idea what that ultimately was going to look like. Um, but he just, he, I always say it was an inspiration of the Holy spirit and he just kind of gave me this grand vision. Um, and I saw people praying in the rosary all over the world and I saw, um, like DVDs and studios and apparel and all it was, it was this incredible vision. And yet I didn't really have anything. Soul core wasn't even, you know, established yet. And so from there, um, I connect with my friend Deanne Miller and who really had kind of the background in fitness. She had several fitness certifications and had led classes. And so we kind of joined um, to join forces to um, combine the spiritual and the physical. 
and eventually, you know, it has led to what SoulCore is today. Well, as you're talking, I couldn't help but like John Paul II's face came in my mind when you were talking. Um, you know, like in his story, hit, losing his family members at young age and then turning his life over to Our Lady. Um, right. Yeah. So I just felt like like John Paul II's been really present in your story. I don't know if if that resonates at all. Well, I have to tell you, I absolutely, he is absolutely one of my absolute favorite saints. And I do think that Soulcore has a tremendous connection to theology of the body. And his writings on theology of the body um, were so inspirational to me in my faith journey and learning about that. And I, I do think our, our pastor, when we first shared the idea of Soulcore with him, combining the rosary with physical movement, he said his first words were, This is a great connection to theology of the body. So I think St. John Paul II has been intercessor for soul core and um, also his writings on the rosary and the way that it truly is meant to be prayed, which is slowly meditatively and reflectively and engaging the full person. Yeah. I love that. I also, as you were talking about, um, you know, kind of the different traumas of your life of losing the loved ones. And then um, how you mentioned mixing the rosary, mixing prayer with exercise. And it took me back to um, the work of a, of a doctor, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk who's written a lot on trauma in the body and healing um, from a secular perspective. And and in his book, The Body Keeps the Score, he talks about um, how movement can really help with healing trauma. And one of the reasons Mm -hmm. for that is because like when we get really traumatized, basically our body shuts down to protect us, especially sort of that emotional part of us and and the part of our brain that thinks really well. Um, So it just struck me that when when you mentioned how when you prayed the rosary while you were running, how it's almost like it worked better or like your body could connect to it more. Um, and it just struck me that that connection of, mm-hmm. uh, of exercise and prayer. Um, and I think this really points out a pastoral importance of something like soul core one, because, you know, these secular authors that work in these space, they're not looking to Christianity for solutions. Like they just basically write off Christianity and so they're turning to things like Tai Chi and Qigong and yoga and stuff like this um, yeah. to do their research and, and, and do their investigations. Um, but there's nothing like magical about those things. It's just moving and breathing and praying. Um, so all of this can be brought up into our faith. So I feel like um, this, this moving and praying together is one of, of massive pastoral importance in the church today because um, people will go to what's available, you know, and when they, they right. read these books, they're going to turn to things that could potentially be harmful if we don't have a compelling and authentic Catholic alternative to offer them. I agree with you. You know, the catechism of the Catholic church teaches us what well, one that we are body and spirit, but also that God desires us to integrate both the external expression with our interior prayer. And that renders him the most powerful prayer that we can. Um, so really, we, we need that. And, and not only do we need it to render God the most powerful prayer that we can, but as you said, it's really how we will be healed most fully. I think when, when we're fully engaged, body, mind, and soul in prayer. And so anything that helps us do that um, is, is really an incredible gift to the church. And of course, to, you know, to, uh, to all of us who are, who are seeking to pray in that way. 
Yeah, and it's it's deep and rich in our tradition too, because to move together while we pray together is liturgical. And that's what that's, we do at Mass. That's exactly we always say as Silkor, we always like we're copycats of the liturgy <laughs> because, you know, um, often when we do um, lead Silkor for young um, students, like at a school or, you know, sports teams and things like that, which we do, we'll say, have you ever prayed with your body before? And so many times people are like, kids are like, no, you know, I never have. And we're like, yes, you have at mass. You know, the different postures that we have are tied to express something spiritually. I love that quote. The body and the body alone can make visible the invisible. And I was just thinking of um, like our prayer is on some level invisible, right? It's the rising of the heart and the mind to God. But I don't think there's anything our heart and mind does that doesn't affect our body, whether it be just the electrons in our brain or the speed of our heart rate or something like that. Um, so this idea of making prayer manifest in movement explicitly is deeply Catholic, whether it be breathing with the Jesus prayer or it be moving in the liturgy. Um, but I, th I think one of the, the difficulties people have today too is that our our minds are formed by our culture and in our culture we have this like caricature of what prayer looks like that's oftentimes actually formed by non-christian ideas and one of those ideas i think that's prevalent in people's imagination is like that monk with his legs crossed like sitting on a mountain humming to himself <laughs> but right. but but the implicit message of that is that if you're not sitting still with your eyes closed, you're not really praying deeply. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that's not a Christian idea because the depth of our prayer isn't contingent on our technique. It's contingent on um, the depth at which God penetrates into us, right? And, and we mm -hmm. do that by, by living a life in harmony with God and then inviting him in. He'll go as deep as, as he can. Um, so would you... Uh, Maybe just that idea of, um, can you pray deeply when you're moving or is the movement a distraction to pray deeply? I love that question. That's how you just articulate things really so, so beautiful. But I, you know what, um, in, in talking with someone that does physical therapy, they said a statement to me and it was really stuck with me. They said what they find in working with people especially therapeutically, they said that movement seals knowledge. And I really think that's a beautiful statement because when we're praying and there's movement that's attached to it, that is helping to seal the knowledge of what we are reflecting on. And specifically with Soul Corps, as you shared, we primarily focus on the prayers of the rosary. There, there have been, we do also do some other Catholic prayers, but, but most often it's the rosary. And so Throughout the rosary, we know that St. John Paul II, again, said the rosary is a Christocentric prayer that has all the depths of the gospel message in its entirety. So in reflecting on the life of Christ and, and often also how the, the, some of the actions of the Blessed Mother in Christ's life, when we reflect on that, especially with movement, we're helping to seal the knowledge of those mysteries and the virtues and fruits that Christ and Our Lady exemplify through the mystery. So there's something really beautiful when we add movement to our prayer. We are really helping to take that deeper. I feel like just seal the prayer, you know, within us. So um, no, it's not a distraction. I would say sometimes in the beginning, when people are first intentionally praying with their body, as we do through soul core, I think sometimes just as you said, because of the cultural influence, there could be such a focus on the spiritual or on the physical, excuse me, because they want to do everything right. They're looking at the movements. They 
But what happens over time as we get more comfortable with the movements, the focus on the physical goes away, and then we're really able to fully focus on the spiritual. I, I love that. I, I, I truly believe that believing in God isn't just a mind thing. It's also a body thing. Um, mm, you know, like, um, like a little, a little baby, uh, the first sort of truth a little baby comes to know is the truth of its parents' love through its attachment, through its love relationship mm. with its parents. And that's a true kind of knowing. That's, a, that's, a, that's a truth that that's absorbed into their bodies. Um, and, and God comes to us as a father, as a parent, invites us into a new family. And, um, I think because of trauma and wounds and difficulties, we can be in our body sort of habituated toward fear, toward anxiety, toward stress, toward not trusting the other. And when God comes to us, what does he say over and over again is do not be afraid or trust me. Mm. Um, right. and, and so I think part of conversion, part of the early spiritual life, especially is not just coming to like a, an idea of God, that God's real, but also I think there's a physiological shift from the attunement of the nervous system, probably even down to like the epigenetics and the cellular memory of trusting God, that, that our body attunes to the divine presence, similar to the way that we attune to our parents. Uh, and God offers us a new attunement, a new attachment um, relationship. So I love what you said there about um, movement, sealing the knowledge. The body, I think, comes to know the Lord. That's right. No, well, again, articulate things so beautifully. And I, and I think like even the image of, we can take, you know, as you said, the first experience of love um, is from our parents. And even particularly when we think of like a mother and a child, you know, even that initial, um, first of all, a, a, a mother carrying her child and the, and the child knowing her voice, even before the child, you know, is born, but then ha being held in the parent's arms, the mother's arms, especially from the beginning, that is, it's a physical component that really expresses that love um, in the beginning and that security that's then given to the child. And so there is, it is an inc incredible, the power that we have through our body <laughs> to express love and also to, to also feel, palpably feel God's love is incredible, but, but anything, it's a journey, you know, just like anything is a journey to yeah. come to that. And, and you said, there's a lot of things sometimes that have to be reversed or overcome that have already been deeply planted within us, within our bodies, because of our life experiences, traumas, and wounds, and, you know, and rejection and, and um, just the brokenness that, that is, you know, from original sin that yeah. is present within each of us and within our families and within our, within our world. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes exercise can actually be an expression of that trauma. Like people, I think, carry that in and exercise can easily become a form of like self-hate or self-abuse because it's like, I don't like the way I look or who I am, or if I was this or that, then like people would love me. So people bring the wounds into the movements, but then the way they exercise is expressed in how they choose to do it, whether it be um, like pushing too hard or like focusing on exercise that's just going to change their appearance, you know, like the beach body workout kind of a thing. So I, I love that soul core really focuses on one like core strengthening and stretching and functional movement, because it's like when, when you're 80, your biceps aren't going to matter, <laughs> but, but like your ability to balance and like get up off a chair is going to be really important. 
Because if you survive to that age, like the next thing that's going to get you is a fall. Um, and I think we can just take this down to like that, that focusing on the core is, is really a focusing on, on our health and not just on our appearance. Um, so could you talk some about like soul core focusing on functional exercise and that focus on like true health versus vanity? Yeah, I love that. And, and uh, what we always like to stress soul core, what we like to share first is that soul core above everything, prayer first. Hmm. So you will always pray the rosary or, or any other prayer that we happen to be praying, whether it's a chaplet or, you know, whatever it might be, but you will always pray that. And the movements can be modified to any physical capability. We like to say that because we want people always ask, well, what kind of, what physical fitness level do people have to have to be, to do soul core? We always say, no, there's no fitness, physical fitness level required because the movements can be adapted to any physical capability. And really the reason that I'm sharing that is just because we want to, to know that the movement is simply to enhance the prayer. And that's why we're doing it. So that's why we really do focus on a lot of the gentler movements but soul core can also be adapted to be an intense workout as well. I love that. I, I think your perspective on that, that soul core is really working the way that grace works. Like a distinction that I heard once that was helpful for me that I often share when I teach about the sacraments is grace works from the inside out. Magic works yeah. from the outside in. Right. So, I love so like if love magic that. were real, it would apply a force to you that you would have to resist in order for it not to happen. The opposite's true of grace. It works from the inside out. So it's not that you have to put force against grace for it not to work. You just have to not cooperate with it. So if you're a neutral, that also will thwart the action of grace in your life. So it works from the inside out. And, and God, I think, similarly comes from the inside out, transforming us. So I love that about soul core. It seems like you're I mean, like you're following God's design with the way the workouts oh. expressed. Well, I, I, we certainly hope so. <laughs> you know, that's our only desire is truly to be, um, you know, led by the Holy Spirit through this and then ultimately really be, you know, um, aligning ourselves with whatever God's will is for sharing soul core, um, you know, to the world and bringing really the transformative power of combining um, our body, mind, soul in prayer um, in a really, in a very intentional way. I think people sometimes do it without giving thought to it, but you know, soul core obviously is very, very intentional. As we're talking, I want to kind of segue because in my story, a lot of um, where physically spiritual came from is my own journey of getting healthier. Like I lost 200 pounds and then had to face like stress and the effects of stress in my life. Um, but part of my journey was um, like in my weight loss, um, I weighed myself a lot. And, and I remember one morning realizing, like I was objectively, I was lighter than I was in seventh grade. So I was like smaller than I had been in my entire life since puberty. And I remember that a morning of uh, stepping on the scale and then looking at myself in the mirror and still being dissatisfied, right? Even though I was like lighter than I'd ever right. been in better shape than I'd ever been. Um, and I just had to come to the acceptance that my body wasn't the problem. It was my relationship to myself that that feeling uh. of dissatisfaction had come from. Um, and, and part of it too was like a body image thing. Like um, 
you know, like being 400 pounds, I felt like I could relate a lot to my friends who were pregnant because <laughs> like I couldn't tie my shoes very well. Like I couldn't ride the rides at an amusement park. Um, you know, like the way that clothes were like, there's a, so much about it. And then like after losing that weight and like seeing my midsection and like the looseness of the skin and the stretch marks and like, um, so I just feel like I had like a, like a little like glimmer into some of the experience of what that's like for a woman, at least on the surface. Um, yeah. could you talk some about like in, in your journey and in soul core, like that focus on health, but also I think like confronting like these, these internal struggles that people have of like body image and, and weight loss. And like, uh, I think deep down, a lot of people don't want to be healthy. They want to look good. <laughs> um, and they want to do whatever right. it takes to, to get there. Um, yeah. So just, uh, just anything on that. Well, well, Andrew, thank you so much for story. And, and obviously you just even in sharing the little right here that you shared, just how, how painful, you know, parts of the journey have been. And, and obviously you're not alone in that, that. So many people struggle with love of self, love of the whole person, you know, mentally, um, which is such a great challenge in our, in our world today. And I would say, you know, Deanne, Deanne in particularly has a really beautiful story to share on this too, because she, in her younger years did have an eating disorder. Um, and, and so struggled a lot with, um, you know, her own body image and her feelings of, um, you know, kind of contempt or, or just not really seeing the beauty of, of her body. And so, um, her journey has really been one, a long, you know, a long journey as, as yours as well. Like, you know, this is not, these aren't things that get resolved overnight. This is a journey of, um, but she has a beautiful story to share about that. But particularly when soul core came into her life, she had already experienced a lot of healing prior to that, but in the combination of the rosary and the physical movement, how that just really took healing to a deeper level within her. If our hearts and our minds are being transformed to think, you know, more in union with Christ and the Blessed Mother, through that process, we will grow to love ourselves more because we know that they have perfect love for who we are, body, soul, with all of our weaknesses with all of our wounds social media only aggravates what you look like what other people's lives look like which we know are very are curated to only present a small portion of their life yeah and i love that you brought up social media too because I, fe I feel like as as a catholic apostolate there's a certain amount of responsibility to like enter into that space but to do it um in a way with like full integrity and I know like a lot of the way that like marketing works is like you show somebody something that they don't have and you create this feeling of lack in them that then drives them to like seek you out. So I know like with the podcast um, and, and I imagine with Soulcore too, like there's probably a temptation to like present certain images that you know are going to create that desire in in the seer. <laughs> but in the end, that's like, that's a, a falsehood you're presenting to the other person and it's a manipulation. So like, there's a, um, I, I know I feel in the podcast, um, especially kind of working in like the, like the wellness space and, um, like to, to honor the audience's heart and allow people to come to it out of their desire and not out of creating a feeling of lack in them by how I present the show. That can obviously, it's something obviously we always kind of always have to be mm -hmm. conscious of and how we're doing that. we, 
we always say that um, Soul Court is a Marian apostolate, obviously, um, you know, dedicated to the, to the rosary and, and certainly um, into Our Lady as well. And we always say that Our Lady is everything she does is always invitational and gentle. So that's what we always hope that our invitation to the world to, you know, um, participate in Soul Court is a gentle invitation. And we try and present that same, you know, even you know, when we make decisions about social media and um, anything that the way things that are presented through our website or any kind of marketing that is presented in that gentle and invitational way that we are simply invitable and we want you know, the Holy Spirit to really nudge their hearts to do that. So as, as we're talking, I have to admit, like, I have an increasing desire to go to like the local soul, soul core classes. So typically my <laughs> wife and I have a young son and, and like, I'm watching him so she can go some of the time or, or do an online class. So, so I love soul core. My wife does too, but now I'm like, Oh, thank you. I love. I wonder if I could talk her into like letting me go sometime. <laughs> Maybe we'll pay for a babysitter. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I would love. It. I really hope that that somehow you guys can strike a deal. Yeah. You know that that you may because I will say this, and we say this often that we can talk about soul core. We can we can share and try and explain what it is to others, but it is truly in the experience that people will really come to understand what it is. And so often we're invited to a lot of um, conferences and things like that. And people are, want us to do a trade show. And we say, you know what? We're not going to do a trade show because, but we will do breakouts. We will offer soul core as an experience because we really want to draw people into the experience of praying with body, mind, and soul. And especially through the rosary, the mysteries and the virtues of the rosary. And um, it, it's amazing. You know, once we, once people are drawn in, how they respond and how they're impacted again in body, mind, and soul. So I really pray for you that you do get the opportunity. Yeah. Well, I've, we, I, I tried to do some of the online classes during the, the pandemic. And um, I remember like the experience of doing push-ups while saying the Our Father. And I was like, like, how many push-ups are we going to do? And I thought I was pretty <laughs> strong, but like, I, I didn't finish it with her. Like I bowed out after two decades. I was like, two oh. decades is good. <laughs> I know that, um, you know, and that is true that like, that there are a lot of pushups if you're doing it fully through the, through the, um, our fathers, which, but we also, as I talked about before, all the movements can be modified. So often, you know, we'll do modified pushups with, we, we do always like to offer modifications. And we say that every movement is simply an invitation, but we ask each participant to honor their body and what their capabilities are on any given day, which which can change for any of us. You know, there's days that we're feeling stronger and we're capable of more. And there's days that we may have, you know, a, a, whether it's an injury or an issue or an, or an ongoing issue as our bodies change. Um, and we have to kind of modify and really humble ourselves to, you know, what our body is capable of um, as, as we age and as, you know, just with the life. You hit the nail on the head there at the end, humble ourselves. I, I love that. Each movement is an invitation. It was my ego that didn't let me put my knees on the ground. <laughs> you know, we want people to challenge themselves. There's grace that comes, again, as you said, that interior grace that comes, you know, that begins to work with inside of us. And, and I think especially when we're humbling ourselves physically, that, that we, we create a open that. Yeah. Um, so as you were talking, uh, and kind of my question, I kind of like brought up the idea of time in my mind. Um, you know, like, People don't have generally free time. It's like your job, your relationships, whether you're married, you have kids, what have you. Um, 
And I know a lot of people, and for me, sometimes what's kept me from exercising is the idea of like, I don't have time to exercise. Um, but I really feel like that's a bit of like a false dichotomy. Um, Cause like, as I've gotten healthier and seen like how it's changed, how I can show up, I, I almost feel like, like I don't have time not to exercise. Um, so would you talk maybe some, like, if anything from your story of like that struggle between time and exercise, cause I know you have a family too. And then just like, what do you get out of the exercise on the other end? If you make the investment in it? You know what? Well, uh, first of all, I love how even your personal story about your perspective changing at first thinking, I don't have time to exercise. And then to, I don't really have the luxury of not exercising, you know, that, that, and I think really, and often we'll find this like within, within the church and those who are focused very spiritually, they, they can see focusing, you know, taking the time to exercise or to focus on physical things. They almost feel like that is unholy in some ways. And it's actually the opposite of that. It's, it's, yeah. you know, taking care and being faithful stewards of our body is one of the most, and our souls, those, those in combination as one of the most holy things that we can do. Um, and so, um, as a, as a busy mom, that's really where that initial combining the rosary and the, and the running came. And it was not out of like that. I knew that this was going to be a powerful experience of prayer. It was like, I don't have time for both. So I'm going to combine these together, knock them out. We have to be faithful stewards of our body, of our minds and of our souls. And so anyway, any time that's given to, to any of those, you know, whether, we're, whether it's, you know, the, the renewal or transforming of our mind, which, you know, we're called to in scripture, um, or the, or the renewal or transforming of our body, the renewal or transforming of our soul. Any of those are really, uh, part of striving for holiness. When we can become more disciplined physically, it really, it's a way of also nurturing virtue within us, which also helps, you know, in our journey of striving for holiness where the catechism teaches we are created body and soul. And so anything that we do to our body is going to impact the soul. Yeah. The, that, um, that quote is so important that everything that we do with our bodies will affect our soul. Everything that happens to our soul will affect our bodies. That's so true. And, and I just think of like perspectives that I've had of like, um, thinking that I could become holier without being healthier and vice versa. I know sometimes they're not always connected in God's will because some people are asked to carry great crosses of illness um, and, and other sufferings and accidents and other things happen. But, but I think that the normative thing is that actually they go, they go together. And sometimes God puts people in, in, a, in a special vocation where he pro then provides the grace for them to be who they need to be in that situation. Um, but uh, I just think of like things as simple as like um, studies that have been done on like kids test scores and how much they sleep, you know, like, or whether the, a kid has breakfast before they go to school. Like it's, it's clear from science that like our mind doesn't work well if we're not being taken care of physically. And That's I think, right. and I think we can take that deeper both ways and in this kind of like cult of the body that our culture struggles with. I think that often leads to like an abusive form of relationship or a, a kind of uh, an abusive form of exercise or an exercise exercising that's really uh, an expression of self-hate comes from a, a quest for an ideal of physical health that's separated from um, 
from what's true, good, and beautiful, separated from a relationship with God. Um, so that that connection of mind, body, and spirit, I think, is essential for the Christian to to go into exercise in a way that's not actually going to take them further from God. Uh, that's right. So that and that really is, you know, like people in that sense, really, our mind has to our thinking about it, our thought process about exercise and the body really needs to be renewed and transformed as well. And that's another thing that I really love. I go back to the rosary a lot, but just that, that, that really the rosary is a prayer that is about transforming the mind and the heart. And I think that's so nece- that's a necessary element, part of this equation for healthiness and holiness is really the renewing of our mind to, 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 so that our perspective, that, so that truth is revealed, really. You know what I mean? The, the truth of the body. Yeah. Um, you know, because that's really what is skewed. And we know that that is part of the enemy's plan, he, that he is the father of lies. So he skews the truth. And that, and so much of what people believe is, is a truth that has been skewed by evil influences through the culture and the things. And so we need to regain that truthful perspective on our bodies. And and again, through things like theology of the body, the writings of St. John Paul II, through scripture, through honestly, a great gaining, a greater understanding of the true integration of body, soul. And again, that the body is the sacrament of the person, just the holiness in that. You talk for probably hours. On I love that. Soul Corps is a Marian apostolate. I want to highlight that because you talked about Louis de Montfort before. And one of the images he uses of, um, of why true devotion to Mary is the, the, the fastest and truest way to Christ is he uses the image of the womb. You know, that, that Mary's womb formed the body of Jesus. And, and he, he uses almost the idea of like a mold. So that being, being brought into Mary's womb is a way of, of being formed in the image of Jesus. Not like a, like a chisel having to break away stone, but, but like concrete being poured and shaped. So that being like a more gentle way. Um, so I, I guess just the fact that I love that Socor is a Marian apostolate. Uh, in that yeah. image. Well, you know what? I, I think that's beautiful that you brought that up because even that relationship of that Our Lady was chosen to physically, you know, to be the physical, obviously tabernacle to carry Christ's body, but to help form his physical body. Um, so to come into his humanity, but also even after he was born, that she was responsible as, as, as mothers are for nourishing his physical needs, you know, feeding Christ, um, nourishing and taking care of him, all those things. Uh, giving him physical love, you know, hugs and love, you know, of a parent. And so I think it's kind of beautiful. I We think of in Soul Corps that Our Lady, that's the other thing, she wants to nourish us physically as well. And I'm not surprised that Our Lady's behind it. <laughs> yeah. Well, amen. Well, Colleen, thank you so much. Uh, we're running short on time, but I, I wanted to, before, before we end it, I want to make sure to like point people really concretely of like how they can get connected to Soul Corps and then like, Either they can get involved in their area or online, or I know you have special events too. So could you just talk about how people can get, can get connected yeah. with SoulCore? Thank you so much for that question. Um, yes, I'd love to do that. The, you know, the, really the simplest way to begin to connect with SoulCore is our website, which is just soulcore.com, S-O-U-L-C-O-R-E.com. And there's a wealth of information there and a lot of opportunities that people can discover more about SoulCore, even see some videos of what a, what a class may look like, and then also ways to get involved. But some of the ways people can get involved 
are um, by becoming a participant. And, and as you said, we have um, online classes and um, you know digital downloads that are available for people to even try from the privacy of their own home or just if they're located in an area where we don't have live classes, but we do have many live um, soul core classes across the country. So that's an amazing opportunity to gather with others so to pray in community and have a personal time to pray the rosary and nourish body, mind, and soul. We are on social media handle at, at Soulcore Project on various social media handles. So that's another great way to, and then, you know, for anyone that has a, a deep desire planet, you know, we also, we need more leaders and we, you know, we want more people to be praying the rosary, nourishing body around the world. Head over to soulcore.com. So that's online classes. You can get them uh, pre-recorded that you can stream in. You can join live classes that are online. You can go to in-person classes. Um, I know like I did a search in our diocese, I think there's five instructors and uh, some of them do like regular weekly classes and, and even Zoom classes. Um, and then you can also have them come to your special events. So if you have a parish women's group, you're doing a, a women's retreat in your diocese or, or a parish men's group, men's retreat in your diocese, anything, you can bring them in. Um, they'll talk about their movement, but then also offer the live classes, which I think can spark an interest in people to become an instructor. Um, like. It, I think every parish and some level should have this because every, everyone in the world needs to be healthy. And in our weird modern world, we don't move enough to survive, to be healthy. So we need some kind of sort of supplemental movement. Um, yeah. So, so head over to soulcore.com and check it all out. Colleen, thank well, you we so much. Oh, thank you so much. And we love your thinking. And we hope that that, that can, that soul core can just be one instrument of helping people to nourish by soul and transform you know, people to understand the beauty of our bodies and the beauty of the integration of body, mind, and soul. So thank you so much, Andrew, for all the work you're doing to help people do that and to become healthier and holy, holier. Well, praise God. Uh, well, I'll, I'll put all those links in the show notes. So you can just head over to becominggift.com or look in the show notes of the website to find all the links. I'll put some of their videos on there, the information. Um, so please go check that out. And with that, if you want to support any of the work here on Physically Spiritual, head over to physicallyspiritual.com and consider becoming a patron of the show. God bless everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of Physically Spiritual. Every moment of the show you've watched, know that I'm grateful that you've given your time to this. I'm so passionate about the message that I'm trying to share, and I'm excited about the future of the show. So thank you for every like, every view, every watch, every follow, every comment, every rating you give in the show. And a special thank you to all you that are already members of the Awakened Nation. So thanks again for supporting the show.